We are here to try to explain to you what it is we do here. The solar industry in the U.S. employs more people than Google, Apple, Facebook, and Twitter combined. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Welcome into the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. I am your host, Fred Davis, joined as I always am by eRenewable President Mike Niemer. Mike, how are you today? Fred, my man, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for asking, sir. Episode number four of the podcast is here. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed the first three podcasts. Got some great news that we're going to pass along in this episode. Uh, We've got a fantastic guest that we're very excited about, Miss Melissa Miller uh, from Avant Grid, as well as from Clean Text. Uh, Plenty to catch up with her about as far as just what's going on in the state of Texas as far as renewables go and their annual event that's coming up in just a couple weeks that she's very excited about the sixth annual grid next uh it is the place to be for all things renewable as far as what's going on in the space especially here in texas and uh she's going to touch a little bit about uh, just kind of the history of the event what can be expected and and the the, the nice thing that we're excited about here is we're going to do kind of a little three-part series with clean techs uh on this uh miss melissa miller is going to be episode number one because she is is uh the chairman of clean techs and then uh, we're going to have an episode next week. Ken Donahue from Electric Power Engineers is going to join us. And then, of course, the event is going to be August 19th. It's virtual this year because, well, that's what happens in 2020 uh, when you're in the middle of a pandemic. And then, of course, we'll do a recap episode uh, with with Miss Miller as well as uh, some other folks from the Grid Next conference. Just kind of recapping how it went and just kind of giving you an idea of what, if you know, if you missed it, what you missed and what you can expect moving forward. So lots to get to. Glad to have you on board. And then, of course, we've got a huge announcement that we're going to make at the very end of the show. So definitely make sure you stick around for that. So without further ado, let's jump to Miss Melissa Miller. Melissa, you've been in the renewable space for almost 20 years now. You've been doing this. This was something that, you know, one thing that we, that, that, uh, you know, Mike, in in our in, in the course of doing these episodes and doing these interviews and dealing with folks that are in the renewable space, the one word you always hear, and I and and it's a word that I you know, especially nowadays, gets thrown around. I think a little too much sometimes. But in in the case of re- the renewable space, and I can speak for you, Tommy Greer, Ben Parvey is the word passion. Everybody that's jumped in the renewable industry has done it because they have a passion for what the industry is about. And from our conversation with you and just kind of pre-show, you have certainly not disappointed that end. You know, you're from Texas in a state that is, is, is known for being an oil and gas behemoth. How did you find yourself and how did you work your way into the, the renewable space? Fred, thank you so much for having me today. It's a real pleasure. And, um, and absolutely, yeah, I would say that I'm very passionate about the industry. And, um, you know, the way that I got into the business was really through, um, I have a background in, in cartography, which is map making, geography, always been interested in the, the environment. And, you know, but actually when I saw those first wind farm towers go up in 1999 in Texas in far West Texas, I was on a road trip. I just was fascinated. And so, um, I, you know, 
made it my mission to try to get in the door in the industry and came in on the ground floor as a landman uh, 20 years ago almost and um, been having a great time uh, learning an ever-changing industry um, since then. So it's there's never a dull moment. Uh, you know, it's, that's one thing that is so great about it, really. And also getting to work in Texas, getting to know the landowners um, in Texas and, you know, just being able to travel around the state. Um, it's just been a, a pure joy, really. And so what have you, what would you say from when you jumped in uh, and, and again, over the last 18 to 20 years, what has been the biggest evolution that you've seen in the renewable space from when you came on board to where you're at right now? Well, um, that's a really good question. And it's almost more like a cadence of things, you know, because I would say from the outset, just the innovation and the, of the wind turbines themselves was huge, you know, just from like 2000 to 2010, like massive changes from the the size of the turbines um, is, is one thing that we saw. And then, you know, now um, in the more recent years, we're seeing a huge, huge push into the solar, large scale solar space as well. Um, and so, you know, uh, there's also um, the advent of, you know, storage technology, which has been driven a lot by electric vehicles and the innovations around those electric vehicles. Um, so it's, uh, it's definitely a burgeoning space and lots of innovation. Melissa Miller joining us here on the Green Insider Podcast. You've been with Avant Grid now for the last couple of years, and of course, again before that, you've been, you've been like I said, you've been on both the the solar and on the wind side. And the one thing that we keep hearing back and forth is that yes, wind continues to grow, but solar is kind of that giant that's kind of lurk. You know, it's kind of that that. Mm-hmm. you know giant that's lurking in the corner you know it's it, it what it's what it's capable of and it's only a matter of time before this thing really takes off aside from cost because we know cost has certainly played a factor and we know that's one of kind of the knocks on renewable energy and we'll get your thoughts on that here in just a second what is it about solar that that had you know that is so intriguing in the, in the space and has cost been the predominant factor uh as to kind of it's you know we know it's always been there but kind of maybe the slow rollout before it really starts to take a, a firmer hold uh in the energy sector well yeah i think that Cost is a big factor. Solar is a lot more like on parity with wind now in terms of the cost per megawatt. Um, so that's a big factor. Um, and so you also have, you know, I can't, I would be remiss not to say that, you know, Texas has a leader in wind energy, um, you know, in the world. Um, we've just had a lot of growth. And so when you look at uh, that kind of growth and the amount of wind that is in Texas, it's only natural really that you would look at now that solar is coming on par with wind in terms of pricing, mm-hmm. that it would be a complementary resource that would, would also make a lot of sense. Um, Texas is, you know, uh, has a, from an, from an energy standpoint, we are energy state. I mean, we have everything from minerals to wind, to sun. And so it's a very friendly environment for um, energy production in general. And so uh, the fact that the the price point 
makes sense for solar now. Uh, it's just the next thing, really. And so was that something – and so with what you guys do over at Avant Grid, I mean, are you guys seeing uh, just a little – well, I guess first off, uh, discuss a little bit about what kind of what you guys are doing and kind of what your role is uh, over there at Avant Grid and, and kind of how you guys are starting to morph a little bit more onto the, the solar side. Yeah, absolutely. So Avant Grid Renewables um, is a – we have large-scale uh, renewable energy developer, owner, and operator – and so we are um, not only in the U.S., but our U.S. operations, which is the team that I'm a part of, um, uh, we do all of those things, as I mentioned. So for myself, my role is I'm the manager for the United States. So that's from Texas to Canada and that central wind corridor. And um, so my, my role is to advance, uh, you know, large-scale renewables development in this region. Okay. And so what, and what's kind of been the, and what's been kind of the feedback? Because, you know, you always hear, again, we, we being here in Texas, you know, being an oil and gas state, um, you know, I mean, let's call it, listen, Texas, you're from here. You know how, I mean, Texas is a very independent, you know, folks are very proud uh, of, of, you know, anything that's Texas made. And let's call it what it is. Texas and oil go hand in hand. So what has been kind of the, you know, what, what, what kind of hurdles have you had to overcome to get folks to understand, listen, we get it, oil and gas is great, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal resource here in the state of Texas, it's Texas, but let's not forget about the natural stuff that we've got going on here, too, that makes it just as great uh, as the oil and gas. Well, I love that you asked me that question. That's one of the favorite topics of mine to talk about, actually, um, because I've thought a lot about it. I've been on the road for 20 years, um, probably sat at 500 kitchen tables, doing, you know, primarily wind leases and now solar leases. And I've got an opportunity to meet a lot of Texans and get to know a lot of these ranchers and uh, farmers and landowners um, in Texas. And, and I've thought a lot about why, what is it that makes it work here? Yeah. You know, what is, what's, what is the magic? And, and I think, I truly think since one of the key factors, um, there's a lot of key factors, but one of them is that Texas is 95% privately held land. Really? So, yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I don't think that's something that people think about that much, but, but honestly, it's, I think it's a huge factor because if you understand that, then you understand that the, the fact that Texas is a leader in the world in wind energy, if we were a country, we'd be the, the fifth um, largest installed wind power country in the world. So that's pretty significant. Yeah. And if you think about that, what is the common factor that makes that possible? It's the Texan. It's the Texas landowner that understands and has understood for years how to, you know, make their land work for them. And so they're very educated in that oil and gas space. And so Actually, you know, the original wind leases in Texas were, were, were actually modified off of oil and gas leases. Okay. And so you basically have a very sophisticated, um, you know, landowner that knows a lot about, you know, oil and gas leases. And so we were able to modify those leases into wind leases um, for one thing. So that's one factor. The, the second factor um is that wind 
takes up like 1% of a footprint of a landowner's land. So if you think about it like that, they can still hunt, they can still have cows, they can still ranch, they can still farm, they can have all the other best use, current and best uses of their land, and also have mailbox money from renewable energy. So, and even further to that, in the past um, couple years, I know we've had a lot going on in the way of drought, a lot going on with, you know, hurricanes or storms or weather events and things like that. And there have been situations where traditional uses of the land where they would have been able to see revenue uh, from farming, for example, those revenues haven't been there. A lot of farming revenue has been met through um, through insurance claims, quite frankly. And you also have um, the younger generation, in many cases, moving moving away from from the rural farming communities. And so what you're seeing is an opportunity for diversifying the economies of Texas. Those landowners understand that. They're able to retain their land and keep it in their family for generations. And they're proud of it. They're proud of their land. And, you know, honestly, it's it's not really all that different from, you know, oil and gas. Um, it's just a different way to, to, you know, to utilize the, res- the resource of the land. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So when you say, and, and obviously. Hey, Melissa. Hey, hey, Fred, I've got a, Fred, I've got a question for Melissa. I'm talking about the landowner. So I know the landowner, when you sit at that kitchen table with your 500 landowners, they understand the word royalty rights because they're using oil and gas. But when we started this conversation, you and Fred talked about the passion of the renewable space. As you continue talking to these landowners, you see their passion changes strictly more still they think oil and gas, but they'll take the royalty money for the wind rights. Um, I think that the the Texas landowner at this stage of the game um, is very knowledgeable when it comes to renewable energy. And um, there's rarely a landowner that I contact to do a transaction with that within a couple phone calls can't figure out who I am for one thing. Um, you know, it's a network, you know, if you think about it, if you think about it, like if they're raising cattle or if they're raising sheep or if they're farmers or whatever, they're going to be a part of a farm co-op or they're going to, you know, it's an interconnected community in Texas. And, um, and so, uh, there, there's a lot of, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's why, that's why, you know, we try to do everybody with the same deal in a, on a, on a project, that kind of thing. I mean, it's a community, yeah. right? So, so now they're, they, they're learning right along with us. And, um, and I think they see a, a ton of value, um, but it's not really like oil or oil and gas or wind oil and gas or solar or wind or solar, or like, it's just like, well, let's just do all of it. Yeah. I mean, is it getting easier? Is is the conversation uh, easier now to have, or at least the 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 learning curve a lot quicker than it was twenty years ago when you started? Um, I don't know. You know, um, there's a lot of players in the market, right? Because yeah. Texas is a hot market, so um, you've got a very sophisticated um, 
you know, customer or, you know, the, the or person that you're trying to sell to the landowner, um, you have, um, a lot of entrants in the market, a lot of people that are like, let's do this renewable energy thing. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of competition yeah. to, to get deals done. So, um, so I would say that, um, it's, it's easier in some ways, you know, cause they, they, but um, in some ways it's harder cause it's, it's a, it's a very, you know, competitive space. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's harder in the sense that it's maybe it's harder in the sense that because you've got more people and it's just a hotter top, it's just a bigger deal now than it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things we talked to with Tommy Greer about, uh, in one of our previous episodes, uh, was, you know, the, the rush for real estate, because that's the difference in, you know, I mean, I guess it's like any, you know, re, I mean, the difference between wind and, and so, well, wind, solar versus oil and gas is that, yes, you know, wind doesn't stop. Uh, uh, I mean, it's always there and, 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 you know, we got the sun, but you've got the real estate that you need in order to harness said wind, said solar. Um, what do you, you know, is that a concern or is that one of the things that folks bring up about, you know, the, the whole with, with renewable energy is, OK, do we have is there going to be enough real estate? Uh, you know, we all want to be 50 percent renewable, you know, have 50 percent of, of the grid using renewable energy by 2030. Will there be enough real estate to be able to facilitate, you know, these lofty goals that, that everyone has for renewable energy down the line? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Without a doubt. You feel pretty confident um, about that. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. And and so part of that is, um, has to do with the technology aspect. Yes. So, um, so I'll kind of talk about that for a second. Like one thing that's interesting is that, um, a lot of the time you, you know, of a 24 hour period, a wind farm might be more robust, um, the, the, the output in the evening. Um, and you know, obviously the solar more so during the day. So just right there, what, when we talk about 50% renewable energy by 2030, what we're talking about is that we would be able to deliver 50% of the power through renewable energy. And the only way to really do that is to solve the intermittency issue of renewables, which, you know, clearly it, the, when the wind blows, that's fantastic, right? When the sun's sunny, that's great too. But what happens when those things aren't happening, then all of a sudden you need to rely on other forms of energy, which is one reason why, you know, there's a realistic goal, right? It's not to be 100% renewable energy. I mean, gosh, maybe someday, but I think what's way more realistic is providing complementary energy, uh, you know, resource, right? And so if you look at the combo of solar and wind together right there, you're already able to provide a, more of a blocked power for that 24-7 resource need. Then when you have storage coming along and adding that into the mix in the near term and seeing that, you know, start to become financially uh, viable, then then all of a sudden I, it's not as much about the land as it is about, you know, making sure that the, the output of what you what you're generating mm-hmm. is is actually like a 24 seven resource. So it's kind of a combination of the increases, like just to give you an example, 
when we first started seeing wind in Texas, you might be in the high 20s to low 30% capacity factor, which means that like 30% of the time it was generating power. Whereas now, because we have a larger rotor swept diameter of the wind turbines themselves, and they actually can command a larger space because they are bigger and then they can generate more power. And so then now their capacity factor might be in the 40 to 50% output. So the same amount of land now is able to create, you know, almost double the amount of power that it was 20 years ago. So it's, it's, it's the solar, it's the renewable energy technology that, that really is, is starting to make a, you know, leaps and bounds differences in, in, in the, the capturing of, of uh, renewable yes. energy. Yes. And, you know, I mean, obviously, yes, there will need to be more land, but it's not just, a, it's just not, it's not all about that. Okay. Right? Okay. So you, so as the technology gets better and, and let's call it what it is, the technology will get better. Then you can start swapping out solar panels. You can start swapping out wind turbines for more efficient, better yeah. technology. That's going to, you know, if you and if, if the three of us all have some land that we've got wind turbines on, and you know we've got a 2010 model, and all of a sudden these 2025 models are coming out, and guess what? They're capturing wind, you know, 24/7, 365, and in, in huge swaths. And suddenly we went from like you said, capturing 20 to 30. Now, but maybe we're capturing 60 to 70. The technology speaks for itself at that point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then not to not, and that's the great, see, that's the great thing about Texas, right? Because we're such a leader in energy. So, you know, like a a natural gas plant and a wind project are super complementary together. So, you know, those are the kinds of things where you start to see efficiencies of, you know, of all of the different kinds of energy that we have here in Texas to be able to, to support you know, really this great state and the population growth that we're seeing. And um, so there's a lot, a lot, a lot of opportunity here in Texas. Let's let that dovetail into what you've been a part of for the last six years. And that's the nonprofit side of things in trying to spread the clean energy message across this great state of Texas. You were a part of the uh, TRIA group, and I'll let you explain what that analogy means. And of course, you guys merged with uh, Clean Techs, and you now are Clean Techs, and you're co-chair of Clean Techs. Huge developments there. I mean, you, you know, two two uh, major players in the renewable space here in the state of Texas now becoming one. What was kind of the impetus for uh, the two entities joining and just, you know, your experience with TRIA and now with uh, Clean Techs? Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so TRIA, which was um, the Texas Renewable Energy Industries Alliance that was founded in 1984, was founded to advance renewable energy in Texas and influence legislation to do that. And so was very had a large role at the outset of the renewable energy industry in Texas. And so then fast forward to, um, you know, I probably got involved with TRIA back in like 2002, but I ran for the board in uh, like 2013. And so when I came on the board, uh, we were in a process at that time of discussing, um, you know, what's next, right? What's next for renewables in Texas? Like, you know, we kind of accomplished the goal of being a leader. So now what? Um, and so that's where what what born really um, the grid next conference and the understanding that the grid itself is the place where all 
renewables and all modalities happen in the renewable space. And, and that is where we would find um, the next conversation around renewable energy integration. And so then side by side in 2006, Cleantechs was, was formed and Cleantechs was formed to, a, it's like clean, uh, a clean technology incubator and uh, economic development engine around clean technology. And so um, at the time, you know, the two were really, it's funny, right? Now the word clean, we think of renewables, we think of, you know, clean tech storage, you know, different kinds of technology and renewable. It makes sense. It's all kind of one and the same, but, you know, it just took a while for those two concepts kind of migrate together where we realized that, you know, well, wait a minute, you know, we want to, our goal at TRIA was to advance renewables and to have 50% integration in ERCOT by 2030 of renewables. And the key to that is clean technology is like storage and other forms of technology um, that will allow that to happen. And so just a real natural fit to, to come together and um, have folks that were working, you know, on the clean tech board um, and the membership, they're a member-based organization. So is TRIA, bring all those members together. And, um, you know, we, we reframe the mission to advance clean technology and renewables in Texas. And we have the same uh, shared now mission of the 50% renewable energy integration by, you know, by harnessing clean technology to do so by 2030. So, um, and we just felt it was best to take clean text as a great name and um, it really encompassed the whole picture. So um, it was just a natural fit. With that name too, and, and you're right, clean text does, I mean, it's, it's, says it i mean literally says exactly what you want i mean exactly what you mean right there right clean energy texas boom you couldn't ask for a much better much better fit uh have you have you seen uh a, a jump or an increase in in folks uh you know as far as note realizing or noticing who you guys are now uh now that you guys are kind yeah. of more solid or there's a little more solidarity there well, so a couple of things about that. You know, we merged, we started the merger task force in September of 2019, and we finalized the merger in March of 2020. So you can appreciate that, you know, we didn't get a lot of fanfare at that time in the press because no, of all the things no. going on. Unless you had a COVID, unless you would have had a COVID uh, vaccine, not a lot of not a lot of people paying attention to clean tax in March, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, so that it's been a little bit quiet, but um, but at the same time, um, you know, we certainly have seen like our our c- combined organization renewal rate is like at eighty five percent. You know, like everyone's like, yeah, of course, that makes total sense. Like, yeah, well, I want to be a part of that. Yeah, we now. have a, you know, a 24 member board, like a, you know, 10 plus person advisory board. I mean, that's a lot of, of people in the room. Um, and so we're just seeing like, just the more we talk about what we're doing, um, it, it just makes perfect sense. And so we're, what we're doing right now is utilizing this time to, um, to really merge, right. To really get our committees up and running and, yeah you know, figure out what white papers we want to do, get our chapter chairs in each of the large cities in Texas. So we can, we usually do clean energy beers and we're going to be doing that. Hopefully we're going to do it virtually, but we're going to move into doing that um, 
at some point in person. Um, so this is the perfect opportunity for us to kind of get get everything aligned and organized. And I think 2021 is going to be um, a really great year for the organization. With the com- with the combination of the two groups, what what uh, how many members do you guys have right now, and what's kind of the what, what's kind of y'all's goal for from from just a membership standpoint, and and kind of uh, I mean aside from the the getting everybody together, but what and we'll get to the grid next here in just a second, but what with, with the combined membership now, uh, you know where are you guys at numbers wise, and then kind of what's your once the grid next is over, what's kind of the first item of business that you guys are looking to you know lo- looking to accomplish. So we have about 80 members and, um, and I think that could easily be doubled next year. Um, you know, just, just through our outreach. Um, one of our key goals is, is setting up uh, these chapter chairs. And so we've both organizations pre-merger, you know, we've always been based in Austin, Texas. And so, um, you know, obviously Houston, huge market, um, San Antonio, huge market, Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, uh, love it. You know, there's a lot, um, a lot at play in Texas and a lot of people that are moving in this direction around clean technology and renewables. And so, um, our goal is to, you know, if you think about it, if we're not in each city and ha- and networking with other nonprofits and other leaders that are in this space, you know, this is a fast field. It's evolving quickly and we have this goal of 50% renewable energy integration by 2030. So that is going to be met through innovation. That is going to be met through, you know, conversations, like, you know, bringing people together, innovating. And there's not like some, you know, stated you know textbook roadmap that we're following you know we're we're evolving so we got to do that through innovation communication networking um you know getting together with each other so we're going to set up those chapters and that's happening this year and then we will start convening uh, in those communities uh to advance this conversation And then through that, we have our webinar series, and then we'll be able to draw from those leaders in cities around Texas and, you know, things that are going on, learn what's happening there. Um, We just hosted a webinar on um, the the major cities in Texas and the climate plans that they've um, all all endorsed. And so we're going to actually do another one on that. So this is an example of, of how, by networking around Texas in this huge state, we can, you know, continue to, to advance the conversation. So that those are some of our key goals is really grid next conference, the chapter chairs, the webinar series, and then ultimately um, uh, do some white papers. We need to update a white paper that Queen Techs have done on economic development and the actual financial impact of uh, clean technology. And this time we're going to have it be the, financial impact of clean technology and renewable energy in Texas. Okay. Um, we're, we're, we're going to wrap up here in just a second with, uh, with the grid next, because obviously that's something we definitely want to talk about. And um, like I said, I know that's something that's very near and dear to your heart that you've been a, you know, huge part of. And, and um, but before we do that, obviously we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you, you being in Austin for the last, you know, 20 plus years, the and again for for from in a renewable energy circle i mean you guys you guys know who all the movers and shakers are but from a 
mainstream, hey, let's be green, let's be cool, there's nobody bigger than Elon Musk. When and of course, you know, you're you're you've got boots on the ground, your ears to the ground, you're hearing what's going on. I'm sure you had, you know, rumblings or heard rumblings already that 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 you know Tesla was was probably going to be coming there sooner than the rest of us did. What does that mean twofold? One, what does it mean to the state of Texas um, that 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 you know you've, you now you've got arguably the biggest player or one? Of, let's put it this way: maybe the biggest recognizable name uh, in renewable energy going to uh, uh, the state of Texas, and more importantly. Where does Tesla fit in to advancing the? You know, because here, you, listen, you're doing you're you're doing God's work right now, right? I mean, you're you're you you've been you've been beating the streets, beating the rural roads, sitting at people's co- coffee tables and dinner tables for the last twenty years, trying to tell them, hey, this is why we need to go green. All right, what can Tesla do? that Melissa Miller has been trying to do for the last 20 years, but on a bigger scale. And so that that makes your life a little bit easier and maybe makes that conversation start a little bit easier. Well, you know, first of all, uh, it's, it's a real honor to be able to host them here in in Austin. And, um, you know, as you know, Austin has been a leader in, in renewable energy in terms of we have an amazing Austin energy, our municipal utility has been a leader in the green energy space uh, from, from the beginning, one of the original buyers of renewable energy. And I think that really kind of put Austin on the map, you know, in terms of being a green city, being committed to uh, renewables etc. So having Tesla here, I think further underscores that. And, you know, and on top of that, you you have Dell that was also founded here in Austin. Um, So Austin's also been a leader in technology. So you're, you really have, you know, the combination there, the, the, of, you know, technology, you know, and renewables, um, with Tesla being here. And on top of that, one of the things that's, you know, huge really for the renewable energy space. And it's kind of, people say it's like the Holy grail of renewables that won't, you know, as soon as we have storage, then when we get the storage thing figured out, then we're really going to have it figured out. Right. Well, so we know that e-mobility and electric vehicles um, and the innovation around that over the past you know, years that is the key factor that has advanced uh, battery storage. And so um, I think not only uh, from a standpoint of right placement in Austin, it's, it's a, you know, a great place for Tesla to be. Um, but, you know, even if it wasn't Austin, just being in Texas, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a huge statement, right. For our state, because, you know, we are an energy state, we're a leader in energy, and, you know, this is just another example of that. Uh, so, so I just think it's fantastic. Well, you know, Melissa, having him uh, move here and choose Austin, I think that makes uh, everybody in the renewables job a little easier because now it's going to be more in the news because it's going to be the Tesla brand in the news all the time. And so when you're out on the street talking to all your farmers, those that aren't as familiar with it, they are going to be a little more familiar with it. And so you probably have to do a little less educating once they start doing their publicity stand here in the, in the state. 
You know who that reminds me of? Remember when T Boone Pickens um, did a lot of advertisement around renewables? Um, yep. that, that was like one of the best things that ever happened for renewables in Texas. And so I think you're right. I think you, you're absolutely spot on. And you know, when we talked uh, yesterday about renewable, we want to educate the user of the renewables. And every time you're visiting with one of those farmers, you're educating. And that's, that's the object of this podcast, bring education to the public and have experts like you on the mission a little bit more and more. And so we appreciate your time today. And with that said, I would like you to go ahead and get into the, uh, the virtual conference you're about to have. So Grid Next 2020 uh, is a virtual conference. It's going to be held on August the 19th, and it's virtual. You can sign up at cleantext.org. And, and so just like every year, we start the day with um, basically setting the table with, um, you know, a little bit of an education on what's going on, what are the current trends in the space, with the technology uh, statistics around, you know, what's the largest wind turbine in the world? What is that? What's happening with that? So you're going to get, you're going to get information from the Texas level, the national level, the global level on statistics around renewable energy and technology advances. So we start the day with that, with uh, Peter Kelly Detweiler. He's a writer for Forbes and he's, been our MC every year, and he does a great job of, of doing that introduction, that executive summary of renewable energy. And then the, from there, we're going to have some information um, on a new uh, Austin Energy uh, plan for sustainability and reliability here in Austin. And that's going to be the first part of the day. We're, uh, we're also going to have uh, a virtual interactive tour of one of our members, VoltaBox of Texas. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And they do e-mobility. In the afternoon is when we're going to get into the sessions. And so the way that we like to do it is we like to talk about the problem and then the solution. And so what we want to do is we want to describe what are the constraints in renewables that are keeping us from being able to integrate to our goal of 50% renewable energy by 2030. And so uh, we'll be talking about, um, we'll be basically talking about West Texas deliverability and constraints, for example. Um, that's gonna be a session. We're gonna have ERCOT. Um, we're going to have um, Ken Donahue with Electric Power Engineers. And we're gonna really get into the issues around the fact that it's sunny and windy in places that are not necessarily located next to where people need the power. So that creates constraints. And we're going to get into a deep dive of, you know, what's going on around the state of Texas in terms of renewable development and, and what, what those constraints are. Then we're going to move into um, okay, well then how are we going to reach those inter renewable energy integration goals? And we're going to, we're going to have the leaders from ERCOT that are um, managing grid scale storage in that conversation. That is a very um, complicated conversation that we are very excited to have the leaders um, that have been working on that task force over at ERCOT on grid scale storage and how, that's going to be rolled out in Texas. As I mentioned earlier, it's a very important aspect to renewables integration. 
And then we're going to finish up the day with the panel on Electrified Texas, the future of transport. And this is going to get into um, really everything that has to do with e-mobility in Texas, um, which is a huge, huge burgeoning industry. And if you think about it, there's kind of, you can look at it like large scale, you have big wind, big solar, big generation, right? And then you also have in the city level, those innovations that have happened around um, power grids with e-mobility and, and those, you know, cars, electric vehicles, plugging in, you know, there's, there's so much that goes into this, you know, kind of two-way highway of the grid. And you're serving the cities, but the cities also have to continue to innovate to be uh, more energy efficient and to maximize the use of those renewables as well as ways that we can use less energy as well. So it's a, it's a 360 view on the grid and renewables and um, you know, it's, it's really, it's action packed, a lot of information, everything you might want to know about what's happening in Texas and renewables. My only question is for something that's as jam packed as that is. And I know just from talking to you before, you said that this was something that you guys did over a three day, um, obviously in person conference before, obviously, you know, the pandemic kind of put a stymie on everything. Um, how do you jam pack all that into one? I mean, that's a lot, that's a lot of information in one day. Uh, I mean, like I said, from three days to condensing it down to one, uh, you definitely, I mean, like I said, that's a lot of good information to, 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 to try to compact all in one day. It is a lot of information. And I think one of the main things that we're going to really miss out on this year that we had a lot more of was the networking opportunity. And so I think that's one of the key, key missing factors. Um, We also did have like breakout sessions where you could go and, you know, learn about, you know, different things and uh, within this energy space. What we tried to do is just really get into the meat of the matter of the real issues that we're facing and that we need to move, advance the conversation around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do think that the fact that it's virtual is kind of a, it's the silver lining is that, you know, you can go back and you can access these later. You can Absolutely. watch these videos later after you sign up for the conference. So it may be that you're able to really actually kind of digest the information more because um, you have, you can, you know, always access it again. Well, not to mention too, is that you, you mean, I know this just from my experience having to do zooms lately is, you know, you're in your house, you got your setup. And so, you know, as far as your note taking or whatever it is you do to, you know, get yourself acclimated or whatever it is, it's a little bit easier than if you're sitting in a chair or something like that and maybe less distractions, whatever. So there is that that you got going for you as well, uh, where you can just focus on that one thing. But, uh, listen, I applaud you either way. I mean, it's definitely something, um, you know, it, it speaks to you guys being able to adjust on the fly because again, uh, no matter what industry you're in, you've been everyone's been hamstrung or affected by this in some form or fashion in some way. Uh, and for you guys to be able to put this on and to continue to do it regardless uh, certainly speaks a lot to y'all's mission and what you guys are trying to do. And um, I, I'm guessing uh, that you know with two heads is, is has made it a little bit easier than, than doing it with one uh, in the past. With now that you got both the Tria and the Clean folks uh, putting this thing together uh, for the first time. 
Oh, that you couldn't have said it better. Honestly, um, it's it, we have um, a full time executive director. I have a co chair. I have active committees. I have so many resources are drawn. It's so much fun. We're having the best time getting to know each other. Um, it's a you know it's a great community and uh, pretty deep. You know, in terms of you know with our advisory board uh, coupled with you know our actual board of directors you know there's not everybody that we're trying to re- reach is within you know a degree or two of separation uh so it's it's a it's a true joy i think we're going to see a lot of good things come out of the group for the near term why don't you go ahead and uh, let the folks know one more time uh website information everything that they need to know so they can be a part of grid next 2020 Okay, sounds good. So um, the organization is called Clean Tech. So the website is cleantx.org, cleantech.org. You'll find Gridnext 2020 when you click on cleantech.org. The event will be held August 19, 2020. It's a virtual event. Uh, it goes from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, again, you can, you know, have that as a recorded resource afterwards. Um, register um, at cleantext.org and look forward to um, getting an opportunity to get to know some new new folks. So look forward to seeing you guys register. Absolutely. I know I'm certainly looking forward to it. I know Mike is as well. And then uh, we're excited, too, because next week we get to talk to Mr. Ken Donahue uh, about this as well. And I know he's been a, uh, a major part of this, this uh, the Grid Next as well. Yeah, so Ken is amazing. He's with Electric Power Engineers. And when, I, uh, when, we, first at, when we first created Grid Next, I was the vice president of the board under a woman, Hala Baluz, and she's the president of Electric Power Engineers, and they are a huge resource in Texas. If if you are thinking about doing anything in the renewable space, look them up. They will help figure out where the right place is to interconnect your project or if you want to do anything in the renewable space. So she was um, a leader in transitioning the conference that Tria held that was called Texas Renewables to be Grid Next. And so she and I together spearheaded the launch of Grid Next. Um, And so Ken Donahue uh, works with Hala. He's on our board and he'll be chairing um, one of the key sessions at Grid Next about West Texas deliverability constraints. Um, And so they are the preeminent resource to understand everything grid related in Texas. Well, like I said, this is uh, we're we're looking forward to having Ken on next week uh, and kind of getting his thoughts on you know what's going on out in West Texas and what what are some of the challenges they're facing and just giving us a little uh, snippet of what we're going to hear over at uh, over at Grid Next Twenty Twenty. I'm get, now. Will you be doing any uh, speaking at Grid Next Twenty Twenty? You know, it's funny. I'm usually doing some something um, with it. I don't think I am this year because um, I don't need to um, entertain people telling them where, you know, when we're going to have our happy hours. And I usually kind of do a little bit of a co-MC role with okay. Peter. But, you know, um, it, you know, not this year. I don't think so. But um, but I definitely show up here and there. 
uh, when I'm called upon. <laughs> so what you're saying is there may be a Melissa Miller guest appearance. It's possible, yeah. It's possible. It's uh, we'll possible. just like to keep them guessing. That's know, it. But... That's hey, listen. If that's the reason why people need to pay for it, just go to the go to the grid next because you listen. Not only are you going to get great information and find out what's going on and what the future of, of clean technology is here in the great state of Texas, you may get a Melissa Miller cameo as well. So uh, <laughs> if that's not worth the price of admission, I don't know what is. Uh, Mike, listen. Melissa, you guys, fantastic job by you, Melissa. Thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, super busy schedule uh, to, to come on with us again between between Gridnex, everything that you've got going on. Uh, I, like I said, we can't thank you enough for, for jumping on board with us. Melissa, we support your efforts and uh, wish you all the best. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, too. Appreciate it. That was Melissa Miller from Avant Grid Renewables, as well as co-chair of Clean Tech's uh, nonprofit group here in the great state of Texas, based out of Austin, uh, that is uh, furthering the renewable energy cause here in the state of Texas. Mike, I tell you what, um, you know, and you and you've been saying it from 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 day one uh, since our first podcast. You know, we're, we're here to educate. We're here to entertain folks and, and, you know, entertain in a way that, you know, hey, you're going to you're going to take something away from this podcast that you didn't know before. And, you know, the one thing that I really learned, I mean, hey, let's call it what it is. Texas is is, you know, we've talked about Texas being a, you know, becoming a leader in the renewable energy space. Well, let's call it what it is. They are a leader in the renewable energy space. It's just that it's just not as mainstream as the oil and gas side. But with what Melissa Miller, Clean Tech, and their groups are doing, and of course with Tesla coming to town, uh, Texas in, in this area is well on its way uh, to making its mark. You're absolutely right, Fred. This is something we can all be excited about. A lot of growth left to go. And a firm like Tesla coming here is only the start of helping us reach that goal. So as we've talked about in the past, leave our kids somewhere that they can be proud of. No, it certainly does. And so, uh, and of course, we teased a big announcement before the, uh, at the beginning of the show. Uh, you can now find the Green Insider Podcast powered by eRenewable on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcast. But if you go to iTunes or Google, please Make sure you subscribe and leave a comment, and we would can only ask that you leave a five-star rating, leave a good review. And again, if you got any questions for us, definitely let us know as well. You can always contact Mike, mike at erenew.net. Uh, any questions, comments uh, that you have about the show, or if, if you'd like to join the show, uh, or if you've got anybody in mind that you would like to hear on the Green Insider, please let us know, and we will certainly do our best to accommodate that. So once again, episode four of the Green Insider powered by eRenewable in the books. Thank you so much once again to Melissa Miller from Clean Tech. Grid Next 2020, August 19th. It's going down then. Make sure you go register. Go to cleantx.org to learn more today. That's cleantx.org to learn more about Grid Next 2020. You'll be glad you did. For the one, the only, Mr. Mike Niemer, I am Fred Davis. Thank you so much for listening to the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable, where we just made going green a whole heck of a lot easier. Good night. God bless. <laughs>